Hello, I'm Kirsty Wiebeck. Welcome to my podcast, The Best, where each episode I tackle a different topic or two and present to you the best of that or those topics. But of course, you've been here before. We've done it for a multitude of episodes now. You already know and you already know that I present objective truths only after an alarmingly tiny amount of research and as such, no further correspondence will be entered into. We're back in lockdown, Victoria. I'm not informing you of that. Don't worry, I don't I don't feel like it's breaking news and that you're going to get it here first. Uh, but I also know that there are plenty of places around the world that still are. So I know for a fact that some of the listeners in other countries have been in lockdown for a while. Uh, so now's never been a better time to tell your friends to catch up on all of the episodes of The Best. No, I'm absolutely just kidding. I'm not going to use a pandemic lockdown as an opportunity to plug the podcast. Seriously, all jokes aside, I'm sending love out to everyone who's having a rough time with the fact that we're back in lockdown for the next six weeks so far, as far as we know. And also, of course, to everybody who is already in lockdown, I hope you're going okay and I hope that you've found some things to keep you busy or you haven't. There's no proper way to do a lockdown, is there? We've said it a million times before, but these really are the strangest of times. I don't think any of us could have ever predicted being in a situation like this in our lifetimes. 2020 couldn't be worse if Jerul had branded it a festival and sold us all tickets to it. Every day has been like waking up to discover all over again that a reality TV star has become the President of the United States. We're having a rough one. That's what I'm saying. We're having a rough one in varying degrees, that's for sure. But I hope that you have something to help get you through the next few weeks. I actually did notice, um, just as a side note, I did notice that here in Victoria, you can exercise outdoors with one other person who isn't from your household. And personally, I just feel like that's a key bit of information for anyone living alone. I mean, Obviously, uh, you know, you're outdoors doing doing this walking and you're socially distancing as well. So it's, you know, it's not about looking for loopholes like we've all got to do our best to absolutely stick to the rules and do the right thing. But I know for a fact that if I was still living alone, a weekly socially distanced walk with a friend out in the fresh air would do wonders for my morale. So I had a look through the DHHS website and uh, also the Premier's website, and it definitely says that you can exercise outside with members of your household or with one other person who isn't a member of your household. So feel free to have a look and to confirm for yourselves because uh, I, I would definitely do the same thing. But I think I think that might make uh, the, the situation a little bit easier for some people knowing that they could at least have a little catch-up with somebody at a safe distance, uh, you know, once a week or something. Even now for me living with Elle, I still think it'd be quite nice to catch up with somebody different and to test my type fives out on them just to give Elle a bit of a break, you know. I'll tell you quickly, I've got this... <laughs> I've got a lot of annoying habits. I, I actually do, uh, which is fine. Everyone does. Some of them even annoy me and I consciously try to break them. Others, I'm like, oh, they might just be a persona- personality idiosyncrasy, you know, such as not being able to say personality. Um, 
I do have a few annoying ones and one that is even annoying to me that I'm trying to break is I've got a habit of getting a bit giddy at bedtime. I think I get excited about going to sleep. As sad as that sounds, I think once I'm tucked up in bed, I remember I remember being like this as a kid as well. Like I think it's always been a part of me. Like I get into bed, particularly in winter when it's cold out and you're all snug, I get really giddy about being all snug under the doona. And w- what happens with Elle is she gets ready, of course, to go to sleep because we're in bed to go to sleep and she has to get up early for work in the morning. But I suddenly, I've just had like, you know, four or five hours with her after work to talk and to get everything I need to off my chest. But I suddenly have hundreds of things that I urgently need to tell her as she's falling asleep. And I'm sure some of you are similar. It, it is annoying. <laughs> it always annoys her. The worst is sometimes, other comedians will attest to this, for some weird reason when we go to bed and when we're unwinding and getting ready to go to sleep, for a lot of us creative types, uh, as our minds are clearing out, that's when creative ideas start flowing through. So often I'll think of something funny and I'll essentially covertly tested out on L, but it's not that covert because we've been together for long enough now that she knows exactly what I'm doing and usually I'm laughing at my own jokes and what she usually says is are you finished with your tight five yet or she'll just be like could you wrap up your tight five and we can talk about it tomorrow and (laughs) it's totally fair enough so what I'm trying to say is for Elle and my relationship's sake, I'm quite pleased that there is a prospect of potentially having an outdoor walk with somebody else each week to let off some of that steam and hopefully save Elle having to listen to it and also uh, just our relationship in general. <laughs> Hit me up, slip into my DMs if you've got a really annoying habit that you think is quite amusing. Uh, I think it's funny. Um, I think it's funny in general just being aware of your own idiosyncrasies but I think it's I just find something perpetually amusing about knowing that something that you do around your partner or like to your partner is just inherently irritating but you can't stop doing it and like that that pretty much just sums up my entire personality so what I'm trying to say is I'm really sorry Elle and I'll try and at least have a walk socially distancing with a friend each week to uh, let off some of that steam. Here's some exciting news straight off the press. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen some uh, rather amusing images yesterday. So what was happening was I was working on something on the couch when I suddenly felt something watching me. Now, I knew Fergie, our cat, was sleeping on the bed, right, which is not in the lounge room, strangely enough. The bed is in the bedroom. So I had a quick glance around the lounge. I was like, hmm, something's not right in here. And uh, weirdly enough, even in winter, I like to have the windows and the door to the balcony open during the day. Like I'm a bit of a fresh air kind of person. So what's happened is while I'm working, a, uh, a, a turtle dove has wandered into the lounge. So I got up to try to help it. Like I was trying to escort it out, painfully aware that Fergie was like metres away in the bedroom and I wanted to get this bird out before it started panicking and before the Ferg noticed it, right? 
But it was too late. So I was up and it was sort of under this little table that we have and I was frantically trying to get it out, but it was wildly flapping around. And then I looked into the doorway and Fergie was in full crouched down, pouncing, stalking cat mode. And before Fergie had walked into the room, I was I was trying to reason with the turtle dove. I was like, you've got to go. Get out of here. You've got to go. There's a cat next door. There's a cat in the bedroom. If she finds out you're going to be in big trouble, you've got to go, 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 go. And I don't know if it was a bird's wings flapping that drew attention to it or if it was me reasoning with it and asking it to politely leave. But anyway, Fergie was on the case. Now, we've had Fergie for about three months and in that time she would have accrued a step count of about 300 steps. Right, she's not a mover and shaker old Ferg. Like, she's she is an older girl. She enjoys a nap. She enjoys a snack, and that's the extent of what she enjoys. I had no idea that she'd be on the job so quickly because I mean, she goes out onto the balcony quite often, and there's always birds milling about. But she was so excited. She was just like, like she must have had a spidey sense for the fact that there was a turtle dove in the house for her to jump up and <laughs> to come and investigate. So anyway, what in, what ensued? was a wild tug of war, which was basically me trying to, with one hand, catch the turtle dove to stop it panicking and just to let it out the door. And with the other arm, I <laughs> I'd like wrangled our curvy cat <laughs> and I was trying to keep her away and I'd scooped her up, but she's a, she's over seven kilos. So it's, and you know, she was moving weight as well. So it was like, <laughs> anyway, I wish somebody had been here to video it. Because it would have been absolutely hilarious. Uh, the most annoying part of the whole situation. It was amusing. I was laughing at the time. The most annoying bit was that I reckon the bird was inside the house for all of 45 seconds. Like this all happened very, very quickly. But it managed to take the opportunity to do a poo down the window before it trotted off. I reckon that's about as exciting as things are going to get around here over the next few weeks, but who knows? I'm going to keep that balcony door open and hopefully some more good stories roll in that I can share with you. For now, onto the podcast. Not not that I haven't been doing it up until this point. I mean, that was really an introduction with a little catch-up up the top and a story, wasn't it? Like the record button's been hit. So for all intents and purposes, we've been in the episode for the last few minutes, haven't we? But what I mean is let's get on to the important parts of the podcast. So I've been receiving some excellent Instagram DMs from Simone and her friends, mostly schooling me on the errors of the podcast's ways, but also putting in some topic requests, which I've told you uh, in every episode, I'm, I'm totally up for requests. Um, if there's anything that you would like to find out the definitive best of, please uh, email me kirsty.weebeck at gmail.com or all of my socials are at Kirsty Weebeck. So just send me a message, tell me what you reckon I should cover and I'm, I'm all over it. I love it. So Simone and Co recently requested a comprehensive look at the best crackers on the market and they've subsequently sent me a bunch of photos of them enjoying what they deem to be the definitive best cracker, Cheds. Today we're going to find out if they're right. In hindsight, the cracker episode would have gone nicely alongside the cheese one, if we're honest. But it wasn't how it went down, was it? I do believe the first episode was dinosaurs and cheese, just to get two of the most... Into- uh, 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 there you go. That was a Sorry, that was a verbal remix. Uh 
uh, just to get <laughs> two of the best topics out of the way straight off the bat. So let's get stuck into crackers today. Now, which crackers are we ruling out straight off the bat? None. I can't actually think of a single cracker that is so gross that it has to be ruled out immediately. I know there'll be backlash. I, uh, Whenever I'm recording this, like I put markers in my head as I'm saying things and I'm like, oh, people are going to have something to say about that. And I can already imagine, I can already imagine people just sliding into the DMs and being like, what about water crackers? They're gross. Anyway, objectively speaking, no crackers are gross enough because there's boring ones, sure. Okay, with crackers, we can all agree there's a lot of boring ones, but the thing about them is that they're purely a conduit to get something more delicious into your face, like cheese or dips. How many people wander into the kitchen and come out with a box of water crackers to smash? I will answer that for you. None. No one does it. As such, all crackers are ideal and ready to be a vessel for shoveling camembert into your digestive tract. Fair enough. So what kinds of crackers do we have here in Australia? Obviously, Simone and her crew know all about cheds and hold very biased views about those. In their defence, cheds are crackers made from real cheddar that are sprinkled with pecorino cheese. I copied that verbatim from the Woolworths website. So we can all agree that cheds are delicious. If you pop a piece of cheese on a ched, you're willfully consuming triple cheese, which is the absolute correct way to eat. There's also Ritz, Jats, Clicks and Savoy, which are all suspiciously similar. (laughs) Like if you need an activity to get you through the next six weeks, please let it be this. Uh, Please find out for me definitively what the difference is. When you Google any of them, the most common search terms that come up are, what's the difference between Ritz and Clicks? What's the difference between Clicks and Savoy, et cetera, et cetera. Like just in in combinations of that, they have slightly different recipes allegedly, which I'll believe, like of, of course they do, but to me it just seems so odd, especially coming from like the same brand. It seems so odd to have crackers that are so, so, so alike it'd be like if Cadbury released another chocolate bar called the twill and it was the twirl but it had like 10 less grams of chocolate in the layers you know like why would you do this like I also understand that like Jackson Savoy were in different states for a while but like who chooses that Tasmania gets to have Savoy's but New South Wales gets jats. Like I can imagine the Premier of New South Wales putting state security on the back burner for the day so she can decide if New South Wales are going to have jats or Savoy. Like they're talking about it in Parliament. Like which one are we going to let cross the borders? Like if anyone can shed a bit of light on why several slightly different but ultimately incredibly similar crackers were made by the same company, it would be cool to find out. Uh, Hit me up, let me know. I'm desperate to know. I started Googling it. I understand that we now have something called the internet, which contains all of the information that we have in the world. And I did start to Google it, but then I decided I had to get on with my life. Like I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, do you know what? I've got to go and get some fresh air. (laughs) I could be here for the rest of my life. So please, please someone do the research for me. So there's those. There's those four suspiciously similar crackers. 
Then there are rice crackers. I'm a huge fan of plain rice crackers. Well, any rice crackers actually. Like I love those, like um, that brand that does the like garden veggie and like carrot flavoured and all of those. Um, but definitely huge plant. There, there I go again. I can't. I still can't talk. It's good. I, <laughs> I'm a huge plant. <laughs> <laughs> this is like another example of how ordinary podcasters would just edit things like that out. And I'm like, nah, it's best that you learn that I have a lot of trouble with words. Um, so I am a huge fan of plain rice crackers because I, I just think they're a really great crunchy addition to a cheese board. And like you don't want your cheeses and your dips to be overshadowed by the flavour of the cracker either. So while those garden veggie varieties and things are really fun, they're actually better suited to eating them on their own. There's sayos, which I absolutely should have taken out of the equation at the start of the episode, but I forgot about them. They're pretty gross. (laughs) I always associate them with being sick because I remember as a child, whenever we had like a stomach bug, we used to get sayos with a bit of butter, which is actually legitimately the best way to have them maybe with a bit of Vegemite on them I can't believe they're still on the market though like there's so many good crackers out there how have they managed to endure the test of time are people truly going into the supermarket wandering down that aisle laden with delicious crackers and grabbing a pack of sayos and being like yep that's what the household needs it needs some sayos like yeah we're gonna have some cheese later on we'll just get the grossest cracker that we can possibly find there's Vita Wheat, uh, talking about butter. Um, so Vita Wheats are awesome with butter and Vegemite. And so, like, I remember growing up, we'd get two Vita Wheat and we'd put an aggressive amount of butter on them, like way more butter than you should ever put onto anything. And then we'd put, like, a little tiny scrape of Vegemite on as well. And then we'd squeeze another VitaWeed on top, so like a VitaWeed sandwich, and then you'd squeeze them together as hard as you could and then all the little butter and Vegemite worms would come out. Trip down memory lane for you. Uh, don't say I don't take you on journeys. <laughs> Oat crackers, they're a bit much. They're pretty much a full meal in one cracker. There's wafer crackers, crunchy and thin, a perfect way to get some key ingredients, i.e. cheese and dips, into your face. I love wafer crackers. They are absolutely delicious. Uh, There's pita crackers as well, which I think the clue's in the title. They're crackers that are uh, made from pita. I've absolutely made that up. I think that's how they work. And then there's lavosh crackers. They're nice. I remember like when I first became an adult and would like go to a friend's house for a barbecue or whatever when somebody brought lavosh over. I thought they were really fancy for ages, like probably for years. And I don't think they are. Like I think they're probably mid-tier when we're talking of expensive crackers. But I remember really being like, oh, like, you know, like what a fancy crew. They've rocked up with their lavosh and a wheel of camembert. Look out. Then there's those airy crisp breads that are like eating a surfboard. I can't remember properly what they're called, which will – absolutely shock listeners who know how carefully researched this podcast is but they're all airy and long and rectangular like picture the door that rose pushed jack off in the titanic they're pretty good anyway they are delicious crackers but they're also more like a proper snack like 
you're going to put like some cheddar cheese on one of those and, you know, like a couple of slices of tomato. I don't think you're going to like have them on a, yeah, you're not going to have them on a cheese board. You're not. They're too long. Anyway, thanks for letting me battle that out uh, in your ears. All right. Uh, It's not a definitive list. We know that it's not, but we're just talking about the bare basic crackers and which are the best ones. Uh, We're doing it for Simone and Crow. Oh, Simone and Crow. I don't know who Crow is. We're doing it for Simone and Co who have been uh, in my DMs uh, wanting me to prove once and for all that Cheds are the best cracker. So let's get down to it. The winner of the best cracker is Cheds. Hooray. Good job, Cheds. Congratulations. You're incredibly cheesy and crunchy and you're a delight to have on a cheese board. And I couldn't possibly have run this episode if it weren't you that was the objective best because Simone and her friends would never let me hear the end of it. Good job, Cheds. All right, legends, the second topic that we're going to cover on this episode is the best lockdown activity. Uh, it's very topical for Melbourne listeners at the, at the moment because, of course, we have just gone back into another at least six weeks of lockdown. So I, I know that there's a lot of people trying to get their heads around it and uh, the first thing that people seem to be doing online is discussing what they're going to busy themselves with over the next few weeks. So we're going to take a look at a few different great lockdown activities that you can get into and uh, we're going to declare what the best lockdown activity is during this period. So first up, there's puzzles. There's puzzles. Uh, A lot of people have been getting around those. Good thing about a good 1,000 plus piece puzzle is that it will keep you entertained for a number of days, assuming You're not the kind of person that sits down for a 16-hour stint of working a puzzle out. Uh, We did a couple of puzzles in the first lockdown and I can confirm that it was a pretty good thing to pass the time. Cool thing about puzzles as well is that if you've got a couple at home, you can just circle back. You do the puzzle, then you do your next puzzle and then you circle back and start the other one again. So puzzles are a really good thing to do. Um, Catching up on reading is an excellent thing to do. Um, Catching up on all of the episodes of the best podcast is a really excellent thing to do. Uh, Obviously, that's a very, very, very biased perspective for a very objective podcast. So I do apologize for slipping that plug in. But quite honestly, uh, there is a multitude, like almost a limitless amount of podcasts out there and they are free to listen to. And uh, certainly during lockdown, uh, I'm, I'm really interested in accessible activities and, you know, things that people can do that won't necessarily cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends have gone out and gotten like Nintendo Switches and things, but I'm also really aware that a lot of people have lost their jobs and, you know, a lot of people are in different financial situations, which mean that, you know, it's not possible to go out there and buy electronics or to to buy you know new books or whatever it is um but having having said that like listening to podcasts is free so if if you've got a computer or 
you know, a, any kind of um, Apple device or, or a smartphone, you can download uh, podcasts on pretty much any topic that you can imagine and you can listen to those for free. So that's a pretty great thing to do. Uh, I also know a lot of suburbs in Melbourne seem to have little free sort of book exchanges, um, not just in Melbourne, it's just that I obviously live in Melbourne, but, you know, all over, all over the world, in fact, there's a lot of like little you know, um, free exchange libraries that people have set up in sort of community areas. Like there's one near my house now and uh, I, I like to, you know, have a look and, and to trade a book and like in COVID times you can you can still do that. Like just, you know, be careful not to touch all of the books. Just grab the one that you want and, you know, when you, when you get at home you can give it like a wipe down and, and all of that sort of jazz. But that's a cool thing to do as well. That's uh, cost effective, of course. Um, there's walks, getting some fresh air. I mean, you're allowed to get outside of your house to do some exercise. So, uh, you know, a good lockdown activity is to go for a walk. Um, you know, great for your mental and physical health. Also, uh, you know, you're still allowed to, um, cycle as well. So if that's something that you're into, you know, you can do that. There's obviously Zoom catch-ups with your friends. People seem to be into that or just FaceTiming your friend, giving them a call. This is something that I learned in the first lockdown. Just because we're in lockdown, just because we're in isolation, it doesn't mean that every every time we communicate it has to be on video. <laughs> Feel free to pick up the phone and give your mates a call or even send a text message. Like, they're still valid as well. They're perfectly valid. You can do that. Um, you, can, uh, you could download, say, Spotify for free. Uh, there's a free version of that. Uh, it just includes ads if you don't pay for it. You could discover some new bands and, and some new music, you know. That's that's always a fun thing to do as well. Um, you could uh, learn a new hobby. There's lots of tutorials on YouTube for various things. Um, you could get into baking if you like. Set yourself a little challenge to bake just with some things that are in your cupboard, you know, or you could uh, teach yourself how to cook like some new exciting meals. You could get into meditation, you know. You could have a relax. You could just have a relax in the bath and stare into space for half an hour each day. Uh, you could do absolutely nothing, you know. That's the thing as well. You can do absolutely nothing. I think the first time we went into lockdown for a little while, there was this real productivity Olympics kind of thing going off where everybody was, you know, showing their sourdough and everything and, uh, you know, uh, plants that they were growing or, you know, people were releasing new podcasts or creating new music or whatever it was. And I think, you know, like a lot of things on social media, I think it, ma it made people feel bad if they weren't creating things or if they weren't learning a new skill or if they didn't come out of the first lockdown fluent in Mandarin. But the reality is that there's no right way to be in lockdown. Like you can absolutely do whatever you need to do to get through it. For me, some days it's like, yeah, I'll, let's record a bunch of episodes of my podcast. Let's put some new content up on Patreon. Like let's uh, let's do a kettlebell worker out like on YouTube in front of the TV, and then like the next day for me might be like I'll have a bath and stare at my cat for four hours, you know. 
So there's no right way to do it. Um, there's lots of, yeah, lots of stuff that you can do to pass the time if that's what you need to do, definitely. But uh, there were some great activities that were just listed then. Again, not a definitive list, uh, just some ideas of uh, mostly some things that I sort of got around during lockdown uh, and, and some of my friends did as well. So without further ado, let's announce uh, the winner of the best lockdown activity Whatever the hell you want to do. Whatever it is you want to do, that's the correct thing. That is the best lockdown activity. If you don't want to do anything, if you want to stare into space and just get through it, then that is the best lockdown activity. If you want to learn, if you want to learn yoga online, that is the best lockdown activity for you. If you want to get into baking, that's the best lockdown activity. You do whatever you need to do to get through the next few weeks. And on that note, I hope all of you are safe and well, and I hope you've got uh, support networks in place during these uh, really difficult times um, because, yeah, like they absolutely are tricky. It's tricky. I mean, what is it? It's unprecedented, isn't it? It's, it definitely is. But uh, all jokes aside, it, it is hard, especially coming out of lockdown and seeing so much progress and then going back into it um, if you're like me and you're in Melbourne. So, Please look after yourself. Stay safe. I'm sending love out to all of you. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in again and for getting around the best podcast. You are all absolutely amazing. And I will be keeping you company each week um, over the next six weeks and beyond that. So please do uh, keep an ear and an eye out for future episodes. And most importantly, absolutely most importantly, don't forget that it's actually you who is the best? I'm Kirsty Webeck. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. See you next week.